I got a plan, multiple flows, I get multiple bands Counting it like I got multiple hands Got multiple holes every time that I land I walked in this bitch, well only five bands Roll the dice times that two, now I got ten Roll the dice, my niggas moving at ten My bitches even sell weed or they scan Water my neck, my shit look like a damn Tech nine or B, but that shit do not jam I would not wear no EVs was again Number nine, it's like EVs with top ten We got them choppers that come with a van Electronic clip, Let's go What's, what's this? What we know, listen to? This is Multiple Flows with Uzi and Wayne from the Funeral Deluxe album. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know this was happening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. I'm Akeem. Jacob. Thank you guys so much for joining us. What made me so happy about that track, Jake, aside from the fact that it's really good, is the fact that we always say that Wayne inspired this generation of oh, artists. Yeah. And Very it's obvious. really good. And, and I would say Uzi, between his, his album sales... And um, just his overall popularity kind of reminds me a lot of Wayne and his aesthetic in general. Yeah. Um, so it's really good to see them making music with him. Yeah. Did you listen to any of the other tracks off the Funeral Deluxe? This is the only this is the I one I went straight to. Flows that that was it. <laughs> I'll go, I will go and listen oh, to it. Oh, of course, but of course. Yeah, this one was a standout. Were there sure. any other? Um, were there any other tracks that stood out in regards to features or anything? I like didn't that? even really look at it when you sent me that yeah. one. I went and listened to that one, being that it had a feature. I don't think the other ones had any features. Let's see. Adam, oh, that was already on there. X is on there. Get out of my head. Ot Genesis. Yeah, so it was the top. So you have new eight new oh, tracks. Okay. You have a, a song, um, "Help" with Tory Lanez, "Shimmy" with Doja Cat. Which, yeah, who knows? You're probably not getting a lot of streams off of Doja Benny Cat's the name Butcher? too much. Yeah, Benny the Butcher oh, and Jesse Reyes. So, yeah, that's definitely... I'll definitely go listen to those new eight tracks. And he put them at the top of the album. So if you go to Funeral Deluxe, it's the first eight tracks. And then okay. it starts over again with Funeral. It's now 32 songs, by the way. Yeah, as if it hard, wasn't... Well, I can't say it was hard to listen to. I liked it, it. I liked it when we talked, talked about it before. It was a Wayne project. I give yeah. it a pass. Yeah. Now, this is not, this is not disregarding... The uh, questionable comments he made in regards to George Floyd. Um, rest in peace to George Floyd, by the way. Um, you know, all the stuff going on right now in Minnesota is, is absolutely crazy. And it's spreading across the country. Washington now. Um, yeah. The White House is on lockdown. So it's a it's a volatile time, but it's also very necessary what's going on. But uh, Wayne had some, you know... He's he's kind of he didn't really know what Black Lives Matter was when when he discussed it. So I think the problem with Wayne is he speaks on topics that he doesn't have any knowledge or context of. Yeah, and he, it's almost like Lil Wayne is almost like an Eminem. Like you don't hear him unless it's about music, and then right. you don't really see him outside of that. And I think that's those kind of people just shouldn't address those topics. Yeah, you know, and I, take it to what remember Young Thug's interview with Big Boy. Like right. he kind of talked about Wayne being so like just distant from everything. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to address beefs with him it's hard maybe he's just so far removed from i'm gonna say average like daily life but really like what is the life of lil wayne it's nothing what what we live yeah it's 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 he's very far he's very far removed from any sort of uh any sort of plights of the normal everyday person and uh i think that's why i'm not saying artists shouldn't speak out because there are artists who have been speaking out who definitely have a lot to say and are making good points like killer mike yeah i think he's just somebody who's so entrenched in politics and and black culture and even um putting putting money into black businesses that those kind of people should definitely be leading the way j cole another person who you've seen that who you've seen at protests 
who is very clearly yeah, and, and he's one. I mean, he was quote discriminated against against police. I mean, the, the song right. "Neighbors" is a true story. Yeah, his neighbors really thought he was so, a drug no. dealer, and the SWAT team raided his house. So even artists aren't there was subject aren't away from yeah. He put it in the music video. Yeah. Even celebrities and famous people aren't exempt from racial profiling. I mean, you saw LeBron a couple last year had something painted on the front of his gate, like to his house. So just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean that you are exempt from it. But I think Lil Wayne is so far removed from everyday life that it's hard to relate to fans of people that are living everyday life. I don't know. Also, when you're doing that amount of drugs, it's kind (laughs) of hard to really care about anything, you know? So, um, but I, I definitely see the necessity in the protests and everything that's going on. And um, yeah, I mean, even Travis, who's not one to really comment on he does, what's he going does on, kind of rap about black problems. Though, yeah, in he some does. Of his songs but he's not very vocal, like on social media, about things outside of music. And he put this little like minute long clip mm-hmm. talking about how we need to come together and no one should ignore racial profiling. So a lot of people are talking about even Lil Yachty in his own perfectly Lil Yachty way yes. is speaking out, talking about how he mentioned the, the Minnesota song and how he, he's thinking about he going... Wasn't actually, he didn't actually mention the Minnesota song. That was me oh, okay. <laughs> ad-libbing that. Okay, I thought that was serious. <laughs> and it didn't shock me when you said no, that. No, 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 no. But he, he was talking he about was walking saying, the streets, asking other celebrities to come with him. Yeah, he was saying that he wanted to go to Minnesota because he's not fucking with what's going on, and he said, who's with me? And, you know, like I said, we have seen artists do that. In the past, um, particularly J. Cole and uh, I think it was Flint, Michigan, he was out there protesting. Yeah, I mean, everybody can is doing what they, they can do. I mean, we saw what Jaden Smith did with his stuff for Flint. I mean, everybody has their own platform, and I think the people that are utilizing it well yeah. are doing a good job, like the J. Coles. Even Meek Mills, I mean, and he's obviously talked about issues um, and, and black culture issues, but he's been very outspoken about it. I, I have not seen really any rapper not talk about it. No. Young thugs saying kill cops. Um, well. You know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's speaking out. Don't necessarily endorse it. Yeah. But he, he's speaking out in his own way. He's definitely the more radical approach. Um, but, yeah, you know, well, every, everybody stay safe at the end of the day. That's yeah, all I want to say. And um, I, do, I do pray that justice is brought to George Floyd. And yeah, because at, at the end of the day, the, the story is the death of George Floyd. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to be doing everything we can to make George Floyd, the story, not everything else surrounding it. And, story. you know, Philando Castile and a, a host of other unarmed black men that have been killed. By oh, yeah. Police. I think it was Chance the Rapper put up this picture and it yeah, was just names. Everybody. Yeah, it was I mean, it was hundreds. It's it's staggering. It's really staggering. All right. So on that note, let's let's hop into some other news. Let's yeah, so, so here's some good news. Yeah. Not the person. This, this headline kind of shocked me. Apparently, yeah, Birdman hand rub. Um, cash money. Is supposedly going to donate two hundred to twenty-five thousand dollars to help pay rent to a nonprofit organization, and they're going to disperse that throughout New Orleans. People forward, who are struggling. Forward together, New Orleans. Yeah, people who are struggling to pay their rent, they're going to give that donation earmarked to helping people pay rent in New Orleans. So that's pretty cool. Not something that you would typically see or if, hear. If Birdman would. would sell his gold toilet, he could give way more than two hundred twenty-five thousand. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> that's amazing that he's doing that, and a big. Big props yeah, to and man. to be fair, it, there's probably some tax write-offs, so he's going to get something out of it for sure. <laughs> we we're not shitting on the... We're Birdman's not donation a business. shaming here. We're not donation no. shaming here. That That is an incredible thing to do. And also, you cannot say cash money without saying New Orleans. I think yeah, they're, no, uh, they're no, no. very much a part of that culture, and it means a lot to see them 
uh, giving back to their city. Yeah. There's a quote here that said, New Orleans made us and it's part of who we are. We are devastated that this pandemic is hitting our community there so hard and we're committed to doing what we can to help now and in the long term. Yeah, that's amazing. Huge shout out to Birdman. For once he did something right. Yeah. (laughs) Shocking. So apparently (laughs) apparently Trippy Red was supposed to fight YK Osiris and then called it off. Who would want to watch that? I, I would watch it because YK Osiris, I forgot who he fought. There That's was like watching footage. a straw weight fight. Yeah, it is a straw weight bout. Um, <laughs> and Jake and I were talking like, <laughs> we're just saying we'd knock him out. I said, dude, we're not even in the same weight class. Yeah. Uh, I don't, that would not be. YK Osiris is so desperate for any sort of attention, he's resorted to boxing. Uh, out of the out of the people on the XXL list, I'm not the least mad at YK Osiris. I mean, what's, who's the other one? I'm not uh, mad at YK Osiris, but he really came and went very quickly. Yeah, I think he has some moments, and maybe he's maybe he'll come with the album. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm I definitely not hot on him. Yeah. I who was I, the other one out of that group? Megan the Stallion, I think. No, there was one more. Another another male. Oh um, oh oh! I'm the man. The guy with the mink coat who made a blue fago. Um, Lil Tecca? No, not Lil Tecca. Hang on, I'll look it up. I can't. Lil Mosey. Lil, Lil Mosey. Yeah, Lil Mosey. You yeah. know what? Mose, Mosey is a banana in Arabic, so... Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> Take that for what you will. I would not have wanted to see that boxing match anyway. No. I did see um, Trippy training with one of the Paul brothers. They sip far too much lean. They're smoking way too much weed. They have no gas tank. It would just be a bunch of Hail Mary punches, and whoever lands first would knock the other one out cold. Yeah. The only good thing that would happen is if Trippy Red gets knocked out, you'd get to hear him make all of excuses. <laughs> Exclamation mark was a good album. <laughs> he'd start, he'd start uh, his beef with Takashi 6 9 again, yeah. calling him a rat. Uh, last bit of news. Apparently, um, a guy named Lawrence, I'm going to try to find his last name here. Yeah, Lawrence Schlossman is a reporter for Complex. Apparently leaked a or confirmed that Rihanna and Travis Scott had some sort of more than just personal relationship in 2015. Um, apparently, it all started by Travis collaborating with Rihanna on Bitch Better Have My Money. I guess he had some, some credits on that song. Um, but apparently, the reason it was kept quiet was more so that like Rihanna was embarrassed to be seen with Travis Scott. And apparently, that's why Travis Scott is mad now that it came out, because it looks bad on him. Like it Right now, if, at least if you look at the music that's come out, if you compare star for star, I think Travis Scott is more of a star right now than Rihanna. He's more relevant. I'm not saying that Rihanna is irrelevant by any means, but as far as being in the forefront of music, Travis has a bigger platform than her right now. Right. So it's kind of odd that she would be embarrassed of Travis, but I guess in 2015, like, Rodeo hadn't really been out yet, and he wasn't who he is now. I mean, what, what person would be ashamed to be out seen with Travis Scott at this point. Also, the fact that she was ashamed is kind of stupid. Also, we know why she's ashamed, because Travis Scott notoriously was called ugly. Like, he was known as the ugly dude who was winning. Like, yeah. everybody, you know, there were all sorts of memes about that. So it's not like it's not like Travis Scott is a good-looking guy in the traditional sense. I think anything that's like, he's sort of abnormal, he's kind of weird, you know, the pictures he takes, he's always covering his face. Um... He's a he's a very mystical type of figure. So he's built up that mystique, and then he's come out with the quality projects that he has. Uh, he is more prevalent in music now, but Rihanna is on that superstar Madonna sort of level to where you can't really touch that level yeah. of stardom. Well, I'm not par- saying Travis is not quickly getting there, because I think he is, but 
He's he's not Rihanna yet. And apparently this whole thing, Joe LaPuma is credited by saying that this kind of hurt Travis's relationship with Complex, but there's a quote, this is That's what I would assume we'll from, yeah, from Rihanna. What, he's just going to go on and buy his own shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently this is a quote from Rihanna. It said, it's not because like he's, don't tell anyone I'm smashing Rihanna. It's because Rihanna's like, don't tell anyone, anyone I'm smashing Travis Scott. Please, it's obviously embarrassing as fuck. Why is it embarrassing? But then it goes on later in this interview, or in this article to say that and then Travis did support Rihanna on the 2016 anti-tour, so obviously there's no bad blood between the two of them. It's probably just an old story that really doesn't benefit anybody yeah. but us to yeah. talk about. Like, it didn't benefit them at all. Yeah. Um, obviously, Travis and Kylie have a kid, and they're reportedly not together, but they're quarantining and raising their kid in the same house right now, so who who really knows what's happening? He's just chilling in her mansion for yeah. now with his, with his daughter, so with their daughter. Yeah, so. good for him. That's what's up. Shout out to Travis. Please bring another... Get that Scott's record out. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I before we get into the Lil, Lil Yachty, um, I saw a... You know, those fake profiles on Instagram and Twitter makes it look like a real celebrity's profile, and I got baited by one. Looked just like Kid Cudi's. Had the chosen one. There's this new emoji that looks just like the, like the verified check for Twitter, and it had a, a picture of one of the cause covers, and it said... The Scots album, like August, whatever. And dude, I was so hyped because, like, I followed Trav or Kid Cudi on Twitter. When I saw, I was like, "Damn, this is legit." And the guy at work showed me. I was like, "Dude, I'm hyped." So I, I looked it up later, and I had to send him a text. I was like, "No, dude, fake profile." Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, when. And I think that'll be a surprise drop, even if if we ever do get it. Yeah. Let's talk about Lil Yachty, Lil Boat Three. Let's do it. So my first impressions. I think I even texted you about this. It's 19 tracks. Like, when he put the track list out, I was like, oh, God, it's 19 tracks. Under of an Lil hour, Yachty. though. Yeah, it, it was I mean, under an 53 hour. 53 minutes, so it's very close to that hour mark. But it was under an hour, so I was a little bit hopeful. Yeah, but when I... At first, it was... Like, he just said 19 tracks, yeah. Lil Boat 3. That's brutal. Like, oh, it man. sounds brutal. <sighs> like, if it's anything like Summer Songs 2 uh, or Teenage uh, Emotions, like, this is going to be horrible. Teenage Emotions, can we agree? I think that's his worst project. And yeah. ironically was his debut album, but it's yeah. his worst project. There's one song I like on there. Um, Bring It Back. I like the Bring little It Back 80s, and I 80s like vibe the, one. the yellow, um, Lady in Yellow. I thought that okay. one was pretty good too. There's a few tracks. But this was surprisingly solid. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't get that from hearing the first track though. No. Because uh, I don't know what level of auto-tune Yachty is using or what kind of auto-tune that absolutely just obliterates his voice. And um, makes it borderline unlistenable. It's it's definitely grating. It's it was a very hard track to get through. Yeah, I I did not have a lot of hope at that point. No. But I then was... the next track comes in "Walk in Stock." Um, that's when it kind of picked back up. Right. The beat was good, very modern. It sounds like a da baby beat, like you could hear the baby on that track. Mm-hmm. So very of the times uh, production uh, the hook is catchy and it did fit the beat really well and then we get into one of my favorite singles of the year i'm gonna be a hundred percent honest here split and whole time i cannot stop so is it when spill? you spill split 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 i'm dyslexic um but i really enjoyed the fuck out of this track when you sent it to me i wasn't hot on it at first but then after hearing it in context with the album i do like it it's it's definitely one of my favorite. At the beginning, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up and play a little section from the beginning. Um, it sounds like a Drake instrumental, like a Drake track, but I can't put my finger. I got you. 
What song is that? I have no idea. Start it back over. It's just, I mean, I've heard those keys in a lot yeah, of Yeah, like track. just that, like, progression. Yeah. Like, I've heard that before, and I'm almost positive that it's something that Drake did, but, but I could not it, put a finger on it. But I've heard, like, a, a lot of artists kind of use that similar progression, so it really could be I liked how we used multiple, not to, to make a pun of the our write-in song, but I liked that he used multiple flows on that track, switched it up, not your just standard Yachty auto-tune, which I think that's what makes Yachty so just hard to listen to sometimes, like, on the first track. The auto-tune is just so blown out, and it's just so samey, whereas on Split Whole Time, I mean, he switches it up like three to four times. Right, and also, uh, the thing that I noticed most on this track was the production was very diverse. Yeah. There were some really, there were some highlight moments on here, um, particularly, I mean, the Tokyo Drift, obviously. Yeah. Shout out 88 Rising, they've been doing remixes, left and right. Um, go listen to the Baby No Money, BB No Dollar Sign. Um, remix. I, I think it's the best one. Yeah, like when you're talking about production being diverse on Split, I think it was on Whole Time, the second half of the yeah. track. Very Pierre Bourne, Playboy Cardi. Type and Playboy sound. Cardi was in the video, yeah. ironically. Um, but yeah, TD is one of my favorite songs. It scored a 10 out of 10. ASAP Rocky and Sierra um, Wack. Definitely. I mean, no offense to Tyler. You, you guys know how much I love Tyler because I think he did great on this track too. But Sierra Wack, first of all, she came out sounding like Jid. Yeah. Which I mean, I didn't I couldn't even tell. I thought it was I thought it was Jid and then I kept, I heard like that more like female I want to hear her Jid or her and Earth Gang together. They would do incredible because her, they're very all of them are very weird. Her Jid and Kendrick would be like to me it would be like an ideal song. She even kind of emulated Kendrick her, a little Kendrick bit. a little bit even with the there was like some little like background sound that mm-hmm. Kendrick has used before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really she's very unique. It, it goes to show you, I think the gap between female and male rappers has closed in significantly. Not that there wasn't talented female MCs before, but when you have, like, when you have artists, um, just, just, you have a lot more female artists really putting their hat in into the more lyrical flow, as opposed to just the, you know, typical sort of sex talk that we're used to hearing from female artists. I really love, like, No Name, um, what's her name? Industry games that the one who put out. Oh, industry. Chica. Chica. So like you, you have artists like No Name Chica and um, Tierra Whack that are and um, Rico Nasty's Rico another Nasty, one. Thank you. That's yeah, they're exactly they're relying about. more on their talent than their image, and not right. not to say I don't want to use Jermaine Dupri's stripper rapper thing no, over and Nicki over and Minaj, over. Nicki Minaj, by the way, she is talented and relied on her image. She, yeah, she can. You can do both. Who wouldn't? If you look, when you look like that, who wouldn't use that to and, right. to tie it back into what we were talking Megan about? Megan Thee Stallion too. Yeah. Megan Thee Stallion can rap her ass off, and she has a phenomenal ass. To put it back to All Travis, like. You said Travis was kind of got the connotation of being like the ugly dude, but right. was winning. Like he was winning off of his talent and his vision. Well, imagine if he came out looking like Jason Derulo, it'd be game over. Yeah, yeah. yeah like if you just had wrong. that like classically appealing image, why not use it? So, I mean, I get that. To that, like Drake, kind of is more so that traditionally attractive guy. Oh God! You remember when when he started like hitting the weights? Right. Like, the women <laughs> lost their fucking minds. Like, <laughs> Right after, if you're reading this, like he started like bulking up in the gym, right got rid of the views, curly hair. Like right after views, he started showing himself off with the all the Jordan brand, yeah. and shirtless and all that. Girls were loving it. Yeah, so I mean, why wouldn't you use your your image? And not to say that Tierra Wax not pretty. She obviously hides that with being how weird she is. Like right. it's definitely if you were to poll people, hey, show them a picture of like Nicki Rico Minaj. Or, too. Yeah, like, like most people are gonna pick them. Not to say that she's not 
beautiful in, in her own way. She just relies more on her actual raw talent right. and her image. And again, you can use. I think a lot of a lot of um, rap is also a performance art. So you there is a bit of image, in 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 you know in joint with the music. So yeah, and they all kind of have do both. Like they have, like she obviously has her own unique style. Rico Nasty is the same way. Like Doja Cat is is Doja aesthetically too, pretty, she's but a, she's a weirdo. Yes. She's very strange and, and potentially a racist. No, 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 dude. She was just on Tiny Chat showing her ass to some white people. It's fine. Um, but uh, what I what I really like is just that now we're not having we're not having women solely being represented as sexual objects. You know, I think there were artists like Lauren Hill who definitely carried the torch. And I can't believe we're talking about this on Lobo 3 review, but it's very just, it's refreshing to see the le- the fact that now female MCs are being taken as seriously as they are in yeah. hip hop. Cause I think it was just a matter of time, but now we're not seeing just Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and that's yeah, it. You, Nobody else is getting a platform. You eliminated that stripper rapper argument yes, because you, you have do. people like them. Though. Yeah, and you have more people like that. You have you have just people doing both, which which I think is great and I think it's sorely needed because hip-hop historically has been a very misogynist genre of music. And I think slowly that veil is being um, unraveled. The next track with uh, Future and Mike Will, pardon me. Did you like that one? Uh, Future really just... He is half-assing his features like nobody's business. Really? You didn't like it? I don't get the sound. He did the, He whistled on this one. Yeah. He didn't do the... Oh, okay. I like... I said... I don't know why Future didn't save that verse for his album. Oh, wow. And a lot... This song was very well-received. I kept seeing the meme on Twitter of, like, Kobe and Shaq holding up the trophy, and it oh. says, like, Lil Yachty and Future on Pardon Me. I thought it was a great track. Um, Yachty rode the beat well. Um, surprisingly, him and Future sounded good together. I, I, I didn't think there was the going to be a lot of chemistry there. I see the chemistry between the two, but it was kind of boring to me. Um, it's it's not one that I didn't like. It's just not one that I would go back to, as opposed to like uh, Black Jesus is the one that I think also stood out a lot to me because so I didn't I didn't really like that one. I thought it was just kind of one to I mention. I thought he was rapping his ass off though. Like I mean, for Yachty, you know. And uh, well, I, and I did good. I had did have good things to say about it. Like I said, I appreciated that it wasn't the repetitive Yachty of old, like. Like Minnesota. I, I love the line that he has where he's talking about how these rappers aren't putting out music. Their their fans are Muslim now because they're fasting, like it's Ramadan. Which by the totally made me think of Playboy Cardi immediately. I told my friend Logan about that, but it just made me think of like how Cardi isn't putting out any music. What did you think about the guy Draft Day? Have you ever heard of him? No, no. And I, and I thought that was a strong feature. Yeah, I mean, sure. it was pretty unknown to me, but it reminded me of, like, the Dreamville aesthetic. Like, right. that's somebody that if you'd have thrown on that Revenge of the Dreamers tape would have fit right in. I think that tape, by the way, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I'm starting to see how much Jid is going to be influencing the soundscape yeah. and delivery of a lot of rappers. And um, I think within five years, we're really going to see where Dreamville is going. Yeah. Um, Right now, I mean, that tape is sort of just a preview of what that um, collection can really do. Yeah, I think it was just like a, a trailer or a resume, like, here, right. this is what we can bring to the table. And if they can if they can stay on track, unlike TDE, who I think kind of veered off a little bit, they kind of lost much no, they've like... Had some, they've had some hiccups. I wouldn't say that yes. they're, they're, like, falling off, but no, there's no, been no. hiccups in the road. I'm not saying they're falling off, but what I'm saying is they, they're not in the limelight as much anymore, and... What inevitably happens when you have too many big artists on one label 
is they all kind of just say, hey, I got to focus on my own thing, which I'm not, I'm not knocking TDE. I think they're still one of the best and strongest labels in hip hop right now. But I think Dreamville has a bit more cohesion. Um, there could potentially even be, I would argue, a little more chemistry. There's a little more diversity, too, because a lot of what right. is on TDE, it's very West Coast. Yeah, whereas except for with, Isaiah Rashad. Yeah, whereas Dreamville, it, it's all over the place. Right, right. Um, what were some of you, like, Oprah's bank account before we started, I said I was shocked that it really had staying power on the album because I didn't think I would like it in context with the album, but I actually liked it just as much as before. Yeah, I also I thought I thought Oprah's bank account was still good. I mean it it, it loses the um I think it loses that initial like cutesiness of the song. Yeah, well I think that what made it kind of feel like that was when you watch it with the video, the video. like it's definitely like very memeish kind of dressed as yeah, our, Lil Yachty Yachty dresses dresses Oprah. Oprah's hilarious. But on its own it's it's nice Drake's verse was refreshing. Um, I did like Yachty's hook. Very clean and smooth singing by him. Not I mean, Obviously a lot of auto-tune, but it wasn't like it usually is. It's not over the top. The baby wasn't as funny as Drake and Lil Yachty. I think he could have left the baby off the track. Yeah, I mean, he does his thing on the, on the song on its own, but is in the video, like he wasn't as, as funny and as engaging, I think, as Drake and Lil Yachty were. I did like the, the comment about him making one song. Yeah, the same him. song over and over. And going to I mean, all of them made fun of each other, but I felt like he just was kind of there for it. Like, right. he just just sitting there, but whereas Drake really was ragging on himself and, and Yachty the same. Yeah. What did you think about Range Rover Sport Truck? I like that one a lot. I think Lil Keat and Yachty have a <laughs> my, lot of... My first note was, I wrote, <laughs> what kind of vehicle are they talking about? <laughs> the hook, Range Rover Sport <laughs> Truck. God, it's just over. It's over. a bit repetitive, but I think that's kind of, that's a lot of Yachty... And I did enjoy Yachty's I verse. I stop saying I think, guys. I, I listen back and I always say I think, but it's my we, own. We think every day. We think, think all the time. Think a lot. And Lil Keat impressed me to a point. I'm still not sold on his staying power. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what was he? It was first big exposure. What was he on that we talked about? I know he was on uh, Young Thug's album, but we've talked about him a couple times on the podcast. I don't know if he'll ever like put something out that I'll be like really impressed with. Obviously, he's very synonymous with the the Young Thug sound. He's kind of just a byproduct of his surroundings and of the current soundscape, which which sort of makes it harder for you to stand out. Uh, Another artist who's kind of like that, I would say, is like a Scarlord, where he sort of came out with the SoundCloud era, and he does have some, some big songs, but it's sort of hard to break through if you're a part of a fad. Yeah. You know, which, let's be honest, no matter how long or how permanent you think this music is, something will replace it eventually. Yeah. Um, trap has stayed around a lot longer than people anticipated. It, longer than I thought it would. Right. Longer than a lot of people thought it would, but eventually something is going to come along and replace it. Yeah. And, and those people who stick with that sound, who live and die by a sound are going to be left in the dust. It yeah, happens to, all the time. To double time. down on that, like the little babies, the gunners, they're going to be just as subject to that as Lil' Keed. Right. Like, obviously, Young Thug is a godfather of that sound, the so baby, he can... I argue, might not be. Lil' Baby or Dub Baby? Dub Baby, yeah. yeah. I, he, I wouldn't include I him with that. Could, I think he can rap, so he'll always have No, but Lil' place. Baby and Gunna, like, if, if the spotlight transfers away from Trap, they're going to be... Gunna forgotten. will make good whipping music. <laughs> You're still out of that. All I mean by that is Young Thug has the talent and ability to adapt and do something different or do it uniquely. 
Whereas if if you had a transfer away from trap the the little kids the the gunners the little babies they're not I don't think they're gonna be able to hack it. Right, right. I agree. Because I, they're a product of a, a fad or of a the time. Like you they're said. product of the time. Uh, moving on to Lemonhead, did you like that one? I can't really remember that one as much. That one I liked it because I said it reminded me of of Bring It Back, kind of eighties inspired. Mm, okay. Different uh, production. It was kind of odd. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like he switched the flow a couple times, and it, when he switches the flow like that, it just adds texture to the track. That's and that's another complaint I've always had of Lil Yachty. Like after the first verse, it's just you got to hear his Kermit the Frog voice the whole time <laughs> with that auto tune. It's just irritating. That was the biggest difference between this one and Lil Boat Two. I think Lil Boat Two he was trying to stick to more of that rapping sort of sound. It was very samey. He was leaning very heavily on the trap aesthetic. The only track on that album I liked was, what was it, 66 with Trippy? Yeah, with Trippy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what I think Lil Boat 3 does best, is it takes all the things that he's done right in each genre, puts it all together in one package, and you get an album that, while I'm not going to play this start to finish, these are definitely some of his best songs. In a I'll, long, long time. Yeah, I would say this is the best project if you're going to look at it as Besides a whole. Besides Lil Boat 1. Well, I like Lil Boat 1, but only really a couple tracks. Like, I like um, One Night. I like Minnesota. There was a couple others on there. Um, you got it pulled up. Not my bro. Um, one Night, Outlay. I like Fucked Over a yeah. lot. That's yeah. one of the best. And I'm sorry songs. with the good Perry. Mm-hmm. I like that one too, but this one seems... Burb- originally Burberry Perry, but he got copyrighted. I think this is a more complete project. Like, I think it's a little bit more diverse than Lil Boat 1. Um, maybe took what... I mean, Lil Boat 2 is... Yeah, it's not for yeah. me either. I think what he did is he took the best out of all three and yeah. kind of put it together. And this is the... he As the album art says, this is the third and final um, installment of the Lil Boat tape. So, supposedly, according to what's on the bottom of the album art, there will be no more Lil Boat tapes. Um... So I think it was a good way to kind of bookend it. I don't know where he's going to go from here. I mean, I'm excited. He was kind of the punching bag of rap for a while. I think this will put him, reinstate him in. That's why, that's why I was glad to see like rappers that I have a lot of respect for, like Rocky, like Travis. I co-sign for him, like to have people that I respect a lot, respect Yachty, I help, think kind of helps boost his credibility again. He's not really the, that punching bag of hip hop anymore. I think this this album definitely gave him a little more credibility. Yeah, we'll save that title for Russ. Um, <laughs> I think I think what what this project does. I think again, uh, what this project does for Yachty is it lend it shows his strengths, and his weaknesses aren't as amplified because there's a lot of great moments on here. Uh, again, overall, I can't recommend the whole project, but I I would say there's at least six or seven songs on here that I really enjoyed, like that I would go back to. Um, and then it's listenable throughout the whole project. Yeah, when I, I listened to There's not to one it. that I really was like, oh, God, except for the first track. I was like, Yeah, and oh, I didn't no. skip it. No, I didn't either, but it was too much. It yeah, was there was nothing. I, I listened to it through three times, and then when I wrote my review, I made my notes and just kind of skimmed through it. Uh, but yeah, I didn't skip anything the whole way through. Right. Me either. Um uh, what what were your favorite tracks? I like the the outro track, um, Concrete Boys, a lot. I like the like the choir and the production. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. Um, I liked West Side, um, Lemonhead. We already talked about Oprah's mm-hmm. bank account. Um, I did like Can't Go. That was the tenth track. 
Um, Demon Time with Draft Day was good. Pardon Me, the one with Future. TD, TD was my favorite, and then Split the whole time. Okay. So about really, there's about half the album that I would put into like my heavy rotation playlist. That's awesome. Uh, for me, it's definitely Split and Whole Time, TD, um, Black Jesus, um, Range Rover Sports Truck, and uh, Till the Morning. Young Thug. Those were my favorite. Yeah, Young Thug and Dirk. Yeah. I, which I think is cool, by the way. Most of the time, Jake and I, when we pick our favorite tracks, we have the same ones. Yeah, these were more diverse. It was a little bit more diverse, uh, and it, it shows you that sometimes it is good to have a little bit of volume on your project, because I, I won't even critique him this time on, on the amount of tracks. I think this is cool because you can find... You, uh, there's something here for everybody. There's something here for every type of Yachty fan. Yeah. I mean, Great very, job, yeah. very encouraging showing. Yeah, adding from him for sure. I, I think he needed this win severely. Yeah, so like we said, this is the third and final installment of the Little Boat Tape. So we'll see what he does from here. Um, obviously, I mean, he he does understand business. I mean, he's had several big endorsements in Target. Yeah, Target obviously was Sprite, Nautica, um, Nautica um, and he didn't he have a shoe deal with somebody for a little while. Was it Reebok? There was somebody he had a shoe deal with, had. and it and it was short, and he they didn't were like resign. Some moccasins. They were really weird. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but he's he's pretty savvy business wise, uh, and he, he's he's an entertaining guy in interviews. I feel like he'd be a good person to sit down and talk to. I think he you'd get a lot from him. Like he just seems like a he, he reminds me kind of a Mikel, like just a fun spirit. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are you gonna give it? I give it a six. Okay, if you go by the math, got a seven point two six. No curve. Okay. So, seven. You can give him a seven. Give him a seven. Yeah, it's definitely above average. And uh, it's something to check out. It's been a long time since I've liked the Yachty project. I like that this album came out because Yachty's kind of been getting some praise in like old episodes. I'm like we're finding these Yachty features that are like, damn, he kind of got bars. I'm relieved. I'm relieved for him. I think he really needed this. And I think had he had one more yeah, miss, I think he'd have been project, it would have been very, written off. Yeah, it would have been hard for him. So great job, little Yachty. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist Project. Alfredo, I have a little bit of sneaker news for you. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you are, please consider giving us a subscribe. Also, if you're listening on Apple, give us a rate and review. Lastly, if you want to stay up to date on what we'll be discussing on the next episodes, make sure you follow us on Instagram at HLHBO. Thank you all so much. Let's get back into the episode. Listening to now. You know we got that apple pie going. Oh yeah, Travis Scott rodeo. Let me just, let me just hear him say apple pie mama one time. Go turn it back up for us. What's crazy? That's all right. Yeah, I, I skipped right to it. Um, what's incredible? And we we give people a hard time for this, but the the man really put out an hour and fifteen minute long album, and there's really oh no my skips. God, is it really an yeah. hour fifteen? That's crazy, isn't it? That's the first time I ever really actually noticed it. I mean, I'm sure I've seen that I a listen, million times. I'm not kidding you when I tell you the f- first of all, I bought it three times. Second of all, I listened to this project, no joke, six times the first day it came out. Well, yeah, I, I, it was like, you remember when Batman the Dark Knight came out and people were talking about watching that movie yeah. three times in a row? Six fucking times I played this project. Yeah, and I went and bought the... I mean, 
the physical. I bought a I CD. I bought the physical just for I Maria on drum. <laughs> I bought it on digital. Yeah, now you can listen to Maria. I think two years ago we put Maria. I'm drunk on the streaming versions, but up until that point, you had to have a physical copy to listen to the track with Young Thug and, and Justin Bieber. Which that Fire. to this day that's a that's unmatched and one of the weirdest collabs I've ever heard. Of. Yeah, it's insane that those three were on a track together. Rodeo is a very special album. Yeah. That's why it'll always be my number one. For my Travis list, but I understand. You know, uh, shout out to my shout out to Justin. He actually told me "Birds in the Trap" is his favorite, and until um, until you know we talked about it, I don't think anybody else has ever told me "Birds" is their favorite. Yeah, ex- except for me. Like, yeah, but it changes. Like it's just a mood thing. Depends like, on the day, huh? Yeah. Although Astral World still is always going to be number two or three for me. Yeah, it, they just all rotate. Yeah. Really, the only one that I can't He's only argue. Competing with himself. Yeah, really, the only one I can't argue for being number one would be Al, Al Faro. Which like the is others so at times rough draft, yeah. anyways. And other times, like you really could argue for all the others to be number one. All right, guys. Well, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed the episode. We're just gonna play Rodeo. Yeah, we'll let you listen for an hour. So this this podcast is probably gonna be about two hours and fifteen minutes because we probably have talked for an hour and then you throw the hour fifteen on top. That's crazy, man. Put that hour fifteen minute long album and it doesn't feel that way. No. What you rocking today? Oh, it's very it's very bummy vibes right now, guys. Um, I got on Under Armour. Uh, well, soon shoes. soon you really can use the flex. I'm wearing off white. You did buy the the kid Kid Cudi, off white collab. I bought the Kid Cudi off white collab. I bought um I bought Earl's uh, Feet of Clay, uh, the vinyl, and it came with a a shirt on top of that. Did it? Yeah. So did I, you get it yet? I, no, they're not. They're both neither one of them are shipping until like late June. So yeah, you know, I knew that Kid Cudi's hadn't July. been been shipped yet. Um, I was really excited about the uh, the Kid Cudi shirt. Yeah, so honest. Hakeem's just gonna leave that here. So every time we do what you're rocking, I'm tripping some off white today. I'm just in some off white. Yeah, another flex. Honestly, I thought about buying two just so we could hang it up with the. With no, the you gotta wear it. Yeah. Like that one's subdued enough where you can wear often. And also, I mean, the only thing I and not that I hate, I guess. Kid Cudi fans will get it. It just says leader of delinquents on the back. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not a delinquent by any stretch of the not anymore. imagination. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we can friend. always reminisce. But yeah, like some of the uh-huh. like the, really the only shirt up there on the Travis Wall that I do wear is the Astro World hoodie or pullover because it's it's subdued. The others are pretty wild. Like you you making a statement when you wear those. I would but wear, the, the birds in the trap ones not. Yeah, the the merch I've got coming from the Fortnite thing, the astronomical event. It's a lot more subdued. Like, I'll wear those more often. Um, 12-year-olds are going to be calling you out, bro. That's fine. They're going to be calling me out because their yeah. mom wouldn't buy it for them. Yeah, they're going to be upset. Oh, my mom didn't buy me that shirt. <laughs> you can't build like me anyway, boy. I wanted to buy the Nerf gun. I yeah, the Nerf gun was wild. The Nerf gun. I'm, I'm very excited about the action figure that doesn't ship till October. Because <laughs> I'm due to forget about it, I'm sure. And yeah. then it'll come, like, second week of Ooh. October, and I'll just be... Running around the house. I'm hoping I'll get the Kid Cudi and the Earl merch like right the around my time. birthday. Oh, okay. you know, yeah, and that'll be that'll be a nice little gift to myself. Well, I, I, you you didn't pull the fit today. I you went I went crazy on them today. Uh, wearing this Hulk Mania T-shirt that I got at the Hulk Mania store in Clearwater, Florida. Apparently, he used to have a muscle beach there, like a little muscle gym. I had on no the beach. idea there was a whole store dedicated. Yeah. To I may have told the story on that podcast, but when I bought this shirt, I walked in and I asked, I said, is this the Ric Flair store? <laughs> the girl like kind of just looked at me and then we like had a little moment. She's a big Saints fan, so we talked about that for a minute. Oh, um, but yeah, she didn't seem to like the, the joke, probably because she's heard it before. <laughs> Somebody come in, is this the Ric Flair store? Or, yeah. Is this the Jesse Ventura store? 
But it's the shirt's black and it's got like these orange or yellow and red letters on them. And then I got on jeans and a pair of black vans with yellow and orange flames. Straight up, this is a an Instagram fit. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. You I could throw this up it. on the gram right now and get a shitload of likes. That's He's got on beads. You really yeah, I've like always, I always your third eye shit right now. I, I wear these all the time. Your pineal gland is not decalcified right now. It's decalcified. Nope. These uh, woke the beads. I'll plug where I got them. I got them in the Bahamas. I felt bad because I'm not Catholic and I wanted like some hand carved yeah. beads and I, I couldn't find any that weren't a rosary. Mm. And our last stop during that vacation, I was like, I'm just gonna buy them. And I hate to say it, but you can see she's hanging right there. That's oh, the so that's from. yeah. It, it, this was a rosary, but I'm not Catholic, and I didn't. I mean, not, not that there's any. I'm, I don't want to upset anybody who is Catholic, yeah. but I cut the rosary off. Like I felt bad doing it, but I was like, I can't throw the cross away. Yeah. So I've got it hanging over here. That's, um, that's cool. Yeah. So I I got what I wanted, kind of. I did do a little modification. That's what's up. Um, yeah. So I, I missed on the chunky donkeys this week. As Everybody did, as did almost everyone, donkeys. selling for around two grand right now. Which I would have just kept them; they wouldn't have been worn. Like I, I wear the Travis's because I like the shoe, but the chunky donkey's way too flashy to wear, and that's something that's just going to continue to gain value. They've People, got, they've got the another SB coming with Grateful Dead. Which yeah, I think so is awesome. that was one of the things that I think made the chunky donkey so hot was you had people that collect Ben and Jerry stuff because there's a lot of Ben and Jerry's memorabilia since the 70s. Obviously, the Jerry from Ben and Jerry is Jerry Garcia, who was the lead singer for Grateful Dead. But they do have some actual Grateful Dead dunks coming out in the colors of the Grateful Dead bears that they use in a lot of their album art. They have some of the coolest uh, merch to me, honestly. Like, Grateful Dead stuff is, is really creative. Obviously, it's inspired by psychedelics. Yeah, and that, that was the biggest thing back then was a lot of people said, like, and we were talking earlier off off air about the lsd documentary that netflix did a lot of people were talking about that like yeah i've seen so many grateful dead shows i'm not really a big fan of the grateful dead but their visuals for their performances were incredible and if you're not a grateful dead fan you don't have ears yeah they're, they're some, awesome i think honestly sometimes the lyrics i'm not necessarily always listening to the lyrics but just their vibe their their talent on instrumentals their usage of jazz and rock and just the fusion to me is, is definitely one of my favorite. Yeah, they were pushing boundaries them. in the late set, late sixties so that much. other bands weren't. But those shoes are fuzzy. Like it's not something I will wear. But if I can get a pair of the Grateful Dead Dunks, they'll definitely go on the the little display I'll, case. I'll try for those. I will try for those. I tried for the two seventies yesterday. Uh, didn't get them. The Cactus Jack. Yeah, the two seventies just. I, I, that I was that have been a flip for me. For the, I think the merch for that one is cooler than the shoe, to be honest. Yeah, I, I definitely understood the shoe more in context with the merch. The merch was nice. There were a few like fleece pullovers and, and jackets that I liked. The but the problem is it's not cold enough to wear any of those. Well, <laughs> Zach made a good point. We were talking about it. He goes, "I guess if I did order this this fleece jacket, it'll be here in time <laughs> when it's cold." Yeah. That was the thing. Like Tab sent me a screenshot of all the the stuff that he had available, and she asked, "Did you see this?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm not a big fan enough of it to wait." six weeks to nine weeks to get it and also it's like 150 dollars, so it's like kind of an investment yeah i'm pretty pleased with this the merch that i've gotten of his like it's it's the always high quality yeah. so when it when you have a high price tag it's not as bad like some some artists you'll buy their stuff and you get the t-shirt and it's just like a tanes a with a yeah a gildan with a screen print his stuff like the astroworld pullover has actual like embroidery on it like it, it's very nice also, somebody was saying, do you agree with this? Cactus Jack is essentially supreme now? 
I wouldn't say they're essentially going supreme. in that direction though. No, because character the way he see supreme is limited, whereas the stuff with Travis's merch, he's order, smart. Right? It it's made to order. So I, I'm assuming the way he does these contracts, like they say, okay, hey, we can fill this amount of orders. So he allows that amount of orders on his page. The stuff is made to order, so it's not as exclusive as Supreme. You, Cactus Jack is more readily available, I think, than Supreme. I mean, obviously, yes, it does sell out in record time. Like I mean, His stuff was still... You, there was still Cactus Jack merch available as of this morning yeah. from that drop. So I like to see that. Unfortunately, it's not like Supreme. A lot of stuff when you order Supreme, like you order it and you get it within the next few days because the stock is already built and made and ready to ship whereas his stuff outside of the the jordan brand and nike branded stuff where he's using their infrastructure it is made to order the kid cuddy stuff the kid cuddy virgil collab was the same way yeah like and if you read the fine print on a lot of that stuff the um action figure included it said like actual product may be subject or may vary because it's a mock-up it's not necessarily what it's gonna look like so i i do respect him for that by making it as accessible as possible. That's cool. But yeah, I don't think it's as... It, it, no. I like the textures on the 270, actually. The more I look at it, the more I sort of, like you said, I kind of get where he was going with it. I just think, in general, the 270 is not a silhouette that I would wear otherwise. Yeah, you no, know, Other than the Cactus Jack collab and the hype attached to it. I mean, there's really no reason anybody would give the 270 a second look. It was honestly a shoe that I saw mainly women wearing. Um, I didn't see a lot of guys wearing the 270 before this, but I'm sh- you know what's cool about Hypebeast collabs, and people don't bring- mention this, they do bring attention to the silhouette after, and Nike will probably be putting out more 270s in the future now. Yeah, and they've been doing collab. a lot of 270s to begin with, and it has been a pretty popular shoe, it just it, it hadn't really resonated with me at all. Let's, let's talk about this real quick. The Yeezy Boost 350, the Iliada... It's releasing in the fall. Another brown, brownish clay. I like yeah, the anything top is earth tone. Kind of orange. You got a little bit of that tail light look. I like anything earth tone with Kanye. I think I think what I like about Yeezy is he did say he wanted to sort of just make like this athleisure that like anyone could wear. And I think he's definitely accomplished that with Yeezy. Uh, I wish there was more clothes coming at the same pace the shoes come, you know? Because I would like to see more shirts. And- yeah, I mean, if you go to, like, Nike, if you go to their website, there's some merch. I don't really care too much for their, like, I don't like to wear, like, shoe-branded clothing. Because no, then I feel... Yeezy's different, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're talking about, okay, you're talking yeah, about yeah, Yeezy. No, yeah. no, no, not Nike. <sighs> That's not my vibe. Like, obviously, it's made for comfort, and the, the clothing does look comfortable. Just wait till I hit 230, guys. I'm going to be on that Jerry Boy vibe. You know, the fear of God, like the flannels. Yeah. I love that sort of aesthetic, but I'm too fat for it right now. But once I drop that weight, bro. Um, Nike's doing, the, they're, they're called the Space Hippies. They're pretty, I like these they're, a lot. They're pretty wild looking. The, this looks too much like the, the new Yeezy model. I love that. It's the Space Hippie ah, 4. Damn, I love that. Apparently, they're they're using uh, 25% recycled material um, by weight, so... It's going to be light. That one's not too bad. This is cool. Then I this was this was the one you said was trash, and it, it's That's funny, horrible. on sneakers it's called This Is Trash, and really, I mean, they're, they're using recycled material. This is the Space Hippie Model 3. It's like a high top, kind of looks... It's, it's a bit of a high fashion... Yeah, it kind of looks... Shoe. Remember the, the Mars 
shoes that, that Mikey did kind of looks like that. Do you remember the shoe that had the cover on top of it that looked like a big trash bag and they were selling for like five? Yeah, that was the, the Mars when you if you cut them back. Yeah. It was, yeah. That kind of looks, looks like, like that. Look at sandals. I want yes. these, but Me too. And, and no disrespect to the LGBT community, but it is for Pride Month. They've got the rainbow flag. I want these so bad, but I don't want the gay pride ones. I don't. I, I just. That's not gay, my I'll movement. Buy the pride ones. I, I don't. It, I just feel it's kind of like the Black History Month shoes. Like I feel weird buying them and wearing them. No, I think I think you can wear them and not and just say you know stand in solidarity. Yeah, but it these are called the they're the Air de Shuts. And the, the colorway or model is Be True. I like those. Um, and it comes with this little pouch on the back. That are has they a, out right now? No, this is, these aren't sneakers. They come out the 19th of June. Um, but they have this little pouch on the back that snaps on and off so you can keep stuff. It says so you can stash your stuff. Is what, we know what <laughs> is what it says. So I like, they kind of look like Chacos. And I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not white enough, but I'm not outdoorsy enough to be rocking some Chacos. But if somebody saw me wearing these and they have a Nike check, they're like, oh, no, Nike he's boys. Cool. He's good. He's good. I like those a lot. Yeah. Any yeah. other shoes you want to hit? You wanted to talk about the Off-White and Air Jordan. Yeah, the Off-White fours. The, the women's beautiful. pair. Yeah, it's incredible. But as if Off-Whites weren't hard enough to get, trying to find the women's pair 13 <laughs> available is going to be even more possible. So that probably won't even be a try for me. All right. Want to talk about it anymore? No. I ain't got anything Anything else for what you're rocking this week. Let's talk about the long-awaited surprise drop. Yeah, it was, I don't even know that it was really marketed. It just was, hey, this is coming out. Alfredo, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist. Yeah, which, and you had, you had to put together the album title for me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Alchemist and Freddie Gibbs' yeah. name put together. Um, so pretty concise album uh, when I listened to it I'd listened to it first and I, when I texted it to you I said this will give Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry a run for their money and you said not quite but it was kind of close yeah I think I think in regards to quality they're both incredible albums uh, however the like like I, like you sort of mentioned the energy behind Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry's un- unlocked is 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 not the same as yeah, it's what a little Freddie more accessible. Like so it's 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 fun to listen to. Whereas this is more, I think, are, more maybe artistic. Somebody than told unlocked. me. Somebody told me they were like, dude, unlocked like the energy. Shout out to Shane, uh, listener of the show, and he he was telling me like the energy on unlocked is like was crazy to listen yeah, to. and I and think it is. You have you have a hungry producer in Kenny Beats. And then you have Denzel Curry, who just brings the energy no matter what kind of music he's making. Um, yeah, I think this was probably, this is going to be the, I would say, the next down for me under that one, as far as quality of albums that we've reviewed. This, this one year. might be higher for you than for me. Which... From an artistic standpoint, yeah. I think so. Because right. I'm big on the production, and the production is a little more traditional here, very in the lane of Alchemist, um, which I don't think he was really ever had a miss with rapper collabs. He's put out some stuff on his own. He had this sort of like rock tape that he did that was not good. Uh, but as far as rapper collabs with Alchemist goes, it's rare to see him fumble. Yeah. It, this, and also from the beginning of this project, with uh, with the name in conjunction, you definitely could tell they were going for like a mob vibe. Um, I think lately Alchemist has even been leaning between Lambs Over Rice and this one, which I think were two of the more recent projects he's put out. Uh, you definitely see he's going for that sort of traditional jazz hop yeah. sort of feel. 
And I, I'm somebody who just, I, I love yeah, that and, sound. And really, if you, if you take out Freddie Gibbs, like, and you played this for somebody, I don't know that the person's first thought would be hip-hop producer. Right, no. Because it's, it's really not hip-hop production. There's some guitar in there. Yeah, there's hip-hop, I mean, there's guitars, there's upright bass, a lot of jazz. And I, I even told you, like, it's almost like Alchemist, or Freddie Gibbs sent Alchemist, like, a bunch of acapella raps and says, give me some backing. Because it's right. just how, like, it's just so smooth and it, it matches each other very well. Um that's also the importance, I think, of the quality of producer. Like, I, the reason why Alchemist is so high up is his ability to sort of bring his flavor to somebody and they take it and do what they will with yeah. it. It's never, it's never one outshining the other. It's more like Alchemist can complement the artist that he's working with, which Kenny Beats also, I think, has that ability to, I, here's my sound, but I can also spin it a little bit to where it fits you. And I'll, I mean, I'll give Kenny Beats a rose. I think Kenny Beats is a little more diverse as far as what, how, like his He's production freak, level dude. than Alchemist. Like Alchemist is very in his lane, doesn't really experiment outside of what he does. Whereas Kenny Beats, I think you, you could put Kenny Beats with the Freddie Gibbs and Kenny Beats is going to give you a beat that fits Kenny, or Freddie's style. But you, you can, might not get this album. You would get no, something a bit... You'd get something different. Yeah. I, I think Kenny Beats can do better than Alchemist. I think I don't think you could put any rapper with Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Like There's some people I don't think that can rap on that. Like O3 Greedo and Alchemist. Yeah, whatever. I don't think there's there's not enough common ground there. But you could put like an Action Bronson with yeah. a Kenny Beats. If you put an, an artist that is just as equally interested in the art of music rather than just making money or being an entertainer, I think those are the people that he thrives with. And also, I feel like Alchemist is somebody that you have to have a relationship with in order to do music with. I, I could just be saying that, but it does feel like he has respect and admiration for the rappers he decides to work Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's done stuff with Raekwon. I mean, so very embedded in the New York scene, for sure. I mean, you saw he got, and this may be a relationship with Freddie Gibbs as well, but he had Benny the Butcher and Conway the Machine, who are big New York. Shout out Griselda. I mean, founded guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the features on here were extraordinary i think you you weren't too hot on the tyler feature i wasn't hot on any of the features for the record i don't think any of them really were i don't think freddie i think freddie bodied all of them i don't think he needed them um i think they were accents to the song like the rick ross feature i felt like overall pretty forgettable uh tyler's feature was better than rick ross's feature but still not up to the caliber of anything that he's put out on his own which to me kind of is a bit of a knock on this project where I think the the that Freddie was doing so well on his own and he has so many quotables and then you look at the features and you don't get that same level of quotables. Well, let's be fair. It's hard to get Rick Ross on a track and actually have him talk about something other than just like he, he, he his does mob his sound. Drug yeah. yeah, yeah, Godfather of yeah. whatever. Correction officer. Yeah, mob Rick syndicate. Ross. Yeah. Yeah, correction officer. Why you gotta Rick do him? Why you gotta do him like that? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. Oh, he's a persona. No, oh, I, I liked Rick Ross's feature. I thought they sounded good together. I didn't think it was. Like I said, none of the features were bad. They were just. They could have. I was but, take it or leave it. From that was the one that didn't make sense for me. Like when I saw the track list, I was like, Rick Ross. That's kind of kind of odd for him. But like his, but his aesthetic and the the production he raps over. I think I think him and Alchemist. 
could definitely make a yeah. very interesting oh, yeah. project. But like the obviously the Conway the Machine, like Freddy's very old school, very traditionalist, and Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, they they're both very synonymous. When I saw Rick Ross, Benny I was like, the yeah. Butcher and Conway were to me were much better features than Rick yeah, Ross. Yeah, they fit the aesthetic. Yeah. I think a little bit more. And you said you weren't too fond of the the Tyler one, which like you said maybe do it in more than one take, and you could have done maybe utilized the the beat a little bit better. And when we listened to it in the car, I did enjoy it more than I was listening on my on my TV. I was playing it and just reading the lyrics following along. Right. Um, I did like it after the second listen a bit more, and I think there were some quotables, but. I, again, it, I didn't really feel like there was a hundred percent chemistry there. No, I don't think there was either. You know, like I, I like some lines from both of them, but in regards to what they were talking about, they're they're in totally different lanes. Yeah, really. All Tyler was talking about, he was kind of just He's telling flexing. this daydream of, I, I'm I'm, ta- I'm rapping about the boat that I haven't bought yet, and I'm gonna jump off of it and dry off in the sun. And he's just talking about how he's made himself. He talks about how he used to be a goblin under the bridge. And I thought that was cool to look back on his career, because we've talked about it multiple times. Like, if you'd have asked me in, like, the Bastard and Goblin days if Tyler would have been a superstar like he is now, I wouldn't have believed it. Because obviously we were Tyler fans, but I, at that point of his career, I didn't think that he would be at the point he is now. I just always had a feeling. I think the way you think of, we've talked about this before, the way you think about Kanye is the way I think about Tyler. Like, he is definitely a, a huge inspiration to me. He had a he had a big part in my childhood, especially, and um, also it was just his his all his overall his aesthetic, the impact that Odd Future had as a group. I always felt like he was going to be in the spotlight for a long time because of the diversity of OF from being on TV to to doing like sold out shows everywhere to the carnival, or not the carnival the you know the What's that? Flog, Camp Flogna. Camp Flogna. Uh, it's it's always to me just seemed that he was going to be huge. Now artistically, it was yeah. That's what I didn't see. Like yeah. I, I didn't think that I he would Igor have that coming. level. Like in in the comparison to Kanye is very similar. The only difference I would say is is Kanye was accepted mainstream. I mean, out the gate. But uh, but not in the very beginning because remember well, he was always saying how people just wanted him. No, to be a yeah, it's before college dropout when okay. when he put out his debut album instant yeah i mean people loved him but before he had to work very hard to be accepted like I me mean, talked about it on last call like how dame said damn oh that's you like mm-hmm. people didn't take him seriously as a rapper and i think that would maybe also be true of of tyler in the beginning i mean you had i mean acts like hobson which obviously at the time they were really kind of unknowns but you had a lot of people criticizing him, like, oh, he's, he's just shock value. He's not really talented. And he always talked about how his shit's not horrorcore, even though people want to put him in that box. And and he, I think he sort of realized, hey, I can't be rapping about this stuff forever. Yeah. I need to get out of this edgy so, phase. So to hear him talk about, like, investing in yachts and boats, like, Which he good will for him. have a, a video yeah. uh, yeah. boat one day, I believe. Yeah, good for him. I believe him. And, and also, I mean... I think the production throughout this project, with it being Alchemist only, it just adds to the cohesion of and the project that makes it so satisfying. To the transition to. from tracks to track. I mean, the yeah. the album really sounds like Butter, one song. Buttery smooth. Yeah. Buttery smooth. Like you, it's very hard to differentiate where one track starts and one track ends because mm-hmm. Alchemist just blends them all together so well. And also, I think Freddie Gibbs' ability to flow, like his his flow now on this project. 
I didn't know he could flow like that. There's no he, well, he had to. There's no drums. That's yeah. the thing. That's what I meant by like give me backing. Like when he asks Alchemist, I need music for this because there's not not heavy drums. The the rhythm is coming from Freddie's flow and delivery, not from the instrumental. Which, for I think for music listeners nowadays and people who are used to trap sound, that's going to be quite a shock yeah. to them. Because um, they're used to those 808 drums, a lot of synthetic sound. Yeah, there's a reason the baby raps on the same beats. Right. Not to say that he can't switch the flow. He's done it in very sort shallow of, ways. Yeah. Not, not not really anything like this. But put him on a beat like this, and he's gonna flounder. I yeah, because he doesn't have the sort of voice or the sort of flow to carry this kind of kind of project. Yeah. Which I would say even even sometimes Action Bronson on an Alchemist song. That's why he sort of sounds like Stream of Conscience. He's more yelling over the track. He's not necessarily flowing over over the track, which um, can make it a bit of a, a bit of a different kind of listen. Whereas Freddie Gibbs, um, Rick Ross, I think those are sort of artists with a voice and a presence on a track that can carry a, yeah. a song with with very minimal drums. Yeah, but it, like when you're talking about trap, like you have to. There's some trap beats where you're kind of pigeonholed into one flow. Yeah. Whereas this, like Freddie had the opportunity and and switched the flows multiple times on different tracks, but the beat stayed the same. Yeah. And there was no like, damn, that was kind of a a weird transition. Like when we were talking about what's the new um, Trippy Red and uh, Juice World song. Yeah. I thought that the beginning like. Trippy Red seems like offbeat, and you're like, well, no, it was done on purpose, and obviously it was done on purpose, but it just, when you hear a beat like that, you almost tend to expect what you're going to hear, whereas with this, it's just Freddie giving it to you. Yeah, yeah, and um, this, this also, there was a lot of moments on this project where Freddie Gibbs is speaking on black issues, speaking on police brutality, and I don't know how soon after the George Floyd incident occurred from when this was recorded, but it's almost like prolific and it's definitely fits the time that we're living in now, yeah. which I think adds to the mystique of this project. Um, the fact that it was put out on such short notice, it's really, it's really like almost, this is a damn near perfect project. And I said the same thing about Kenny Beats, yeah. but I think the subject matter where I think this would edge out unlocked is the subject matter. And it's a little bit beefier. There's a little more length longer. to this than, than Unlocked. Yeah, it's. I mean, these are four-minute tracks, whereas, I mean, uh, Unlocked is 17 minutes, this is 35, so you're yeah. talking about double the time. Uh, so, so there is a lot more to chew on here. And also, I think liking Alchemist as much as you and I do, we have such a huge admiration for him. And what he's done for... Um, for uh, what was Price of Tea in China. Oh, uh, Boldy James. Boldy James, thank you. Yeah. What he's done for Boldy James's career, their their tape together is also uh, really good. It's it's hard to ig- ignore the ability that Alchemist has to bring out the best in his artists. Yeah, and, and I think Freddie Gibbs and Madlib it does the same thing where Madlib pulls out this side of Freddie Gibbs that we don't hear. Yeah, there's a guy I work with, shout out to Ruben, he's in his mid to late 40s. Mm-hmm. Very classic rock, like early country music, um, he, I mean, he loves loves rock. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about it, and me and a guy that works at where I work, and we're talking, and he's going back and forth, and he was like, Alchemist, why would somebody name themselves Alchemist? And I was like, no, I was like, 
trust me, I said, he's not a big hip hop fan. I was like, no, I said, if I played you Alchemist, you would be like, wow. that." And I said, also, you would not, if I showed you a picture of who he was, you would not think that he makes hip hop beats. White he's just, Jewish guy. Yeah, just a scrawny white Jewish guy. Yeah never like you would never pin it on him and i played him a couple tracks and he was like yeah he's like i actually really like that a lot and he does like 90s hip-hop like he was aware like when tupac was happening biggie so he he attributes himself to liking that kind of hip-hop but i played him this and he actually enjoyed it i think this project will be seen as a as a timeless record mainly because of the fact that none of the sounds you're hearing on here are contemporary there's nothing on here that you would hear a trap artist jump on. And again, I'm not knocking trap music. I think that, because Lil Yachty's Lil Boat 3, I think that's Very a, trap. Also, also a great project. And it is and it is trap-based. Um, but it's going to be, is this is that something you're going to be listening to when the when the soundscape inevitably changes? No. I don't know. We'd have Well, we'd have to see. But this no, is I something mean, I, that I can you can tell you now, no. there, there's better trap albums that, and... 15 years, if I had to tell you, like, if I had to go pick an album, it, wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be Lil Boat 3. Right, right. And, and you know, like DS2, I think, is one that yeah. you could also be playing, like, 10 years from now. But this this project, you could have put this out in the mid-2000s, you could have put this out in the 90s, you could have put this out It's hard out to date this, now. other than him talking about Joe Exotic and yeah. some other, like, things that, like, timeline date the project. But as far as the sound, mm-hmm. there's nothing to date it. I also think what I really appreciated about this project was it did have a similarity to Griselda, not just in the fact that Conway and Benny, which are both featured on here, uh, the subject matter, uh, where, you know, Freddie Gibbs is talking about selling crack, talking about, um, you know, just uh, having more guns than the police force. Yeah, he told, said he told some police force, I've got more guns than you, you're going to have to send the feds, feds in, and he said they did. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, I do like the... The imagery that's being used here, and uh, Freddie has really proved that he he can put out a classic album. I, I would oh, argue yeah. that he has two. I think Pinata. Pinata in this one. Pinata in this one. I and was, I think um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Pinata. And then I would say Bandana is a. Close. I think Bandana is a classic. I think it's it's tough to say, but I think Pinata we've had more time with, and I think this one just instantly hits you. Like I, I, you told me this was gonna give unlock the run for its money, and I believe you. Um, it just instantly hit me. Yeah. Like there was no denying it from start to finish. When when we went to go get coffee, I told you I was kind of glad to see that Freddie could have just as good chemistry that he had with Madlib with somebody else just as talented as yeah. Madlib. Like I, I really truly believe that Alchemist is on the Madlib level. I think I think there are some artists who also do better with one producer. Yeah. And I. I believe you that definitely Freddie can Gibbs focus working, in. Yeah, Freddie Gibbs working with one producer seems to help him n- focus in the content, um, focus his sound on on you know a certain wave. And, and he Alchemist, needs to do more of that. Alchemist is one who's been very sp- outspoken about being hands on with rappers. I think he's that way. Mad Libs that way. Even Mike Will when he has you in the studio, there's a you can definitely tell the difference in when Mike Will produced a track for you and when you bought a Mike Will beat. Right. right. Like. He's one that very hands-on in the studio. And when you have producers like that, I think, like the saying goes, iron sharpens iron. Like when you have producer, rapper in the studio together, you can focus in and you can tweak things that you can't over email. Right. And when you have the ability to critique the artist or tell them what you want to hear on the, pro- on this, on the project, uh, that matters even more to me because sometimes artists are not 
really criticized for what they're putting out or they're not told to, you know, tweak that lyric yeah. or, or, you know, change the flow a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for an example, the, the track that Young Thug was on on Future's album, like, who did not tell Young Thug, please go back in there and try that again? Right. There's no quality control, ironically yeah. enough, at QC. Yeah, like, there's, like, yeah. <laughs> was there an A&R in there, like, listening to this and being like, ah, you maybe could do this a little different. Even on here, when, when Tyler goes to... Uh, correct himself at the end of the yeah. project where he says let me hear that back i meant to say this me, word. yeah he says mykonos when he's rapping but he said i meant to say mykonos yeah so just little things like that are important in a project and even though this was put out sort of last minute it does not feel rushed which unlocked sort of had that knock against it where it was made in an, about three days i think so there were a lot of lines where you could tell denzel curry was just rapping off the dome he didn't necessarily go back to it and that is in and of itself sort of fun when you have an artist as talented as... as hey, I would say, current. I wouldn't say rushed, it was more like impromptu. It was impromptu, it yeah. was off the top. Um, but this project, I would say it was a bit more meticulous. And it, was it was focused, yes. it was concise, like there was obviously one theme and one aesthetic like top to bottom. Like it yeah. really just feels like a movie, I'll be honest with you. Did you catch the um, Breaking Bad sample at the end of All Glass? Mm-mm. So they're talking about, he says something about meth, and at the bottom it's Walter White saying, this is not meth, like when he throws the thing and oh, blows yeah. up that building. Right. Uh, so yeah, they actually used sound effects and Brian Cranston's voice sampled at the end, which I thought was, was pretty unique. And Alchemist has been known for, for doing samples. He has a, I don't remember what, who used the beat, and it may not have even been used, it may have just been on one of his um, rapper's best friend tapes, but the scene from... Um, That's a great man. I think it's rapper's best friend three it's a red cover um but he's got a song on there it's called ten dollars and the you remember on full metal jacket where they're soliciting the prostitutes and the guy says what do i get for ten dollars yeah. and the girl you says anything you want right. yeah and that's what two live crew sampled for me so horny but he sampled that part anything you want yeah. um so he's always been one to use samples and i think alchemist's use of samples is probably my biggest inspiration on the samples that I choose because he, he kind of like Mad Lib uses cartoons. MF Doom uses a lot of cartoon samples. Uh, I mean, Alchemist production is, is Kenny second Beats to also, that's a commonality is the ability to use samples effectively and to add texture to, to a song. I think that's what makes a great producer. And I do believe that that's what sort of separates them from the rest of the pack. This rapper's best friend number two mm-hmm, okay. is the one that that was off of. I um I wanted to talk about the intro track, 1984. I think that's... First of all, they have a video together that they put out where they're just kind of standing in a field talking mm-hmm. about getting rid of a body. Um, <laughs> Freddie starts rapping and just and it's just Alchemist with some sh- stunner shades on just and starts just nodding yeah, his head. I, that dude's always high, too. Oh, yeah. If you watch him on Fuck That's Delicious, he yeah. always kind of tags along with Bronson and, and company and he's just Smoking stoned and eating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is definitely one of the best projects of the year, and I'm very happy we got it. I did not. I I think the fact that this was a surprise makes it even more, even that much more special. Yeah. Uh, what were your favorite tracks? Did you have any that? <laughs> none of them. None of them scored below an eight. I don't think. Wow. Yeah, none of them scored below an eight. Wow. So yeah, all of them. I mean, the ones that stood out to me the most. I really liked the one with Rick Ross. Uh, the one with Tyler, I liked a lot. Probably the most artistic one it didn't get rated as high as the other two but 1985 the intro 85, track 85 that's what I meant not 84 the um that that guitar riff that mm-hmm. alchemist uses is incredible yeah um 
And then I liked All Glass, the last track, a lot too. I I would say 1985, God is Perfect. Um, What was the third track? Scotty Beam? Is that what it was? I like that one, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the Rick Ross feature. Uh, Really, really the whole project. There was, there's not a song on there that I would skip. Yeah, it scored an eight point four for me. Nine and a half. Okay. I fuck with it. Eight point yeah. four, really? I thought yeah. you'd rate it higher. Well, I mean, all of them scored an eight except for All Glass and something to rap about, and Scotty Beam. All those scored above an eight. The rest were were eights. And the only contradiction to the album is. I feel like I kind of made the comparison like this will give Unlocked a run for its money and it is a different album. But the one thing that we said Unlocked has over this is it's high energy. Right. Like this, I think I'm going to have to be like, damn, I want to listen to Alfredo and it's going to be a whole album experience. There's not a song that on here where I'm like, damn, that song on its own is just so hard. I, I've got to go back and listen to that song. To me. Yeah, maybe that I one. Could, I could play uh, that one separately. But this is a is a whole album experience. Whereas I just think Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry's Unlocked, like like we said, has more energy. This is something I'm going to be in the mood to, to go and listen to. The problem with both of these albums is once you start them, you have to listen the whole way through. Yeah. Like both of them. Even with Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry, even though I have tracks that I like more, I listen through start to finish. Yeah, and they're both short enough that you can do that. I mean, yeah. 35 minutes is, is a short album by today's standards. For sure. When you have people like Amigos putting out four-hour-long albums yeah. and calling it culture. That have no meaning. Um, but shout-out to Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib- or <laughs> Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Yeah, I, I would definitely like to see a second project from them. Yeah. I think the two of them have enough chemistry where they could do And we do might not get else. it for a while, but I'll, I'll be... No, and I was shocked that they Freddie Gibbs put something out this soon after Bandana. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really... It was a shock drop, for yeah. sure. And even Bandana wasn't really marketed too much i mean you had, a, so, you had a couple weeks so. of lead time up to it but it wasn't something like you kept seeing be built up it was like hey it's coming and it did i hope we get more videos for this project i think that the visuals will will complement this a lot we have been seeing a lot of a lot more visuals for albums and I'm i think so it's happy. because of covid19 like people are just wanting to get outside and now we're seeing how creative people can be in a one-dimensional i mean Obviously, 6 9 did a whole video, and just in a backyard, I think people are having to get a little more creative with these visuals because they don't have the, everything yeah. happening around them. Right. Anything else to say? No, about dude, the, but guess what? Alfredo? I, I think as time goes on, I mean, one and two spot. By the way, Run the Jewels announced RTJ4. Yeah, I saw that. Guys, 2020, the year. <laughs> Despite all the bad, we're getting a lot of good. Um no, I think I think if Freddie Alfredo could be one, it could be two at this point. It's really a toss up for me. So maybe you're right. Maybe it did give Unlock the little run for its money, but Oops, I, ends, I just haven't listened to it as much as I have Unlocked yet. So. Yeah, well, it's only a week, week old. Yeah, a couple days old couple at this days. point. Um, what you been listening to? Oh, dude, um, I've been listening to um, a Young Lean's album. I think that, by the way, I like stars. That a lot. That one might be will be in my top for the mid year for sure. Uh, that that list will be coming out soon. We'll do it probably closer towards the end of the month. We normally we do those every year, uh, mid year and end of year list. Um, I've also been listening to the weekend uh, beauty behind the madness. Yeah, so uh, five years old. Turned five years old. Um, Testing by ASAP Rocky still one of my favorite projects of his. Dark Lane demo tapes with Drake okay. is still in rotation. 
I went back to pregame rituals by 2K Baby. Um, the Bald Remix, JPEG Mafia and Denzel Curry. Who? Which <laughs> JPEG Mafia and um, Brock Hampton put out a song together that is, okay. is special. It came out a couple of hours ago, dude. It's, it's some new new. Uh, went back to Don Tolliver's Heaven or Hell. Uh, I definitely like it. Um, Ray Schremer, Shrem Life 3. Actually put that in rotation. And um, Death Race for Love, Juice World. Okay. Obviously, Little Boat 3 and Alfredo, but I've still been listening to the few songs I liked off of Slime and B. Um, listened uh, to 808's and Heartbreak the other night. Uh, been listening to the Grateful Dead, uh, Eagles, the, those two bands I've been getting into. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of both, but I've kind of been getting more into the Eagles. I actually just picked up, they did a 40th anniversary of the... Um, Hotel, Hotel California. California album, and it came with all the original artwork that came oh, wow. in the original vinyl. So I, I scooped that up at a weird place too, Cracker Barrel of all places. Had that, and I was like, <laughs> That's yeah, where I'm, the I'm base that. actually goes to eat. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I scooped that up. Um, went back and, and listened to uh, Die for My Bitch. That's the album uh, Baby Keem did last year. Drake credited it as his favorite album of last year. If you need that cosign. Uh, the algorithm on Apple Music's been good lately, so I've been listening to my radio station. Uh, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying. I, I, me and you were talking about it. I haven't even made it through one. We're not, I can't do it. We're not. I don't think we're going to be no. reviewing this one. So I can just tell you right now, I can't get past Argentina. And no. I'm, I'm being sincere. I, liked, I cannot. The, the only one that I really did enjoy was Dollars on My Head. With I like Top Floor with Travis. Because I just played that because I saw the Travis feature. I, it was your typical, typical Travis giving 75%. <laughs> It, it, it was a Did Travis feature. His, uh, his track with um, what's her name? The uh, Rosalia. Bro, I saw that was coming. I didn't know that it was out yet. I have to go it's to out. play that. It's kind of it's kind of a bop. I'll be honest with okay. you. And, and um, I was I was thoroughly impressed. Still been listening to Polo G. We were supposed to, I think, review the two of them. We yeah. maybe we talked about that. That's on my episode. bad, guys. I just I just was getting Polo worn G. Out Polo G may make the mid year list. I don't think he'll make my year end because there's still some I think some good stuff coming this year. Yeah. Uh, I did listen to Young Lean's album. I did like it. Um, my dad was was bumping the Young Lean. I was I, playing that, it while I was cutting odd. his hair. We were doing you know the quarantine cut. So I gave him his haircut and I just started playing that. And I saw him bop his head and I said, okay. "You like this?" He's like, "Yeah." Okay. Um, and this one I'll probably get get trolled for, but it's fine. Uh, Hank Williams Jr. All right, guys. Um, looks like no, dude. Dead. If, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's the one that did family tradition. Hank, why do you drink? Don't that, so yeah, everybody knows that one. You um, know, they the my fraternity, the one that I was in for a month. Um, they flip it to Pike House tradition. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a big frat boy song. But I mean, he's got a song in here. All my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Like, it, he's just a legend. If you, you like throw that old on country music, in the right bar, you'll get the party going. For Still sure. listening to the Scots. Um, I'll probably play that once or twice a day. It's grown on me it's, a lot. It's incredible. It's grown on me a lot. Um, but yeah, that's that's been about it. Very nice. Oh, and some Alan Jackson country music some more. Right. I, 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 He's I'm on a, one lately, ladies no, I like 90s. Like, that's what my parents listened to it growing up. So 90s country is what I like, but you won't catch me listening to any country music now. Not, not to say yeah. that there's no, like, Chris Stapleton. I know you've mentioned him on the He's podcast actually, before. Yeah, He's talented. very talented. Yeah. There's still a lot of talent in country music. I just don't care for the, the, the current state of He's sort music. of an exception because a lot of country nowadays is, a, is very pop. Yeah, like with, Lady with Antebellum is one that's kind of in between. Who's the um, Rexa? What's her name? BB Rexa? I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen her. Yeah. She kind of looks like 
a knockoff Kylie Jenner, honestly. <laughs> they look very similar. Um, she had a big song, and it was huge on the country charts, huge on pop the, the pop charts. I mean, you have Lil Nas X. <laughs> <laughs> you saw he was to... on Elmo? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He said the streets needed this. I, I kind of like it's trolling now. I, it's I funny that he it said now. the streets needed this. And I like that he, he said, I didn't make 20 remixes of a song to get disrespected like this, talking about Billboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? No, that's, it. that's it. All right, so for the writing prompt this week, um, do you think there is a secret to success, and how would you describe success? Um, I, think, I think the biggest secret is, is believing. Uh, this sounds corny but it really is believing in yourself and not in the not in the stereotypical like anybody can I be can, president yeah no, <laughs> not not like that it's it's like finding your goal and finding your niche and telling yourself that this is what you need to complete and paired um, with hard work yeah too. it's uh i think i've been listening i've been reading uh i read david goggins book and he talks about getting rid of your general is what it's called and what that is is you know when you know you should be doing something, but you talk yourself out of it or say you can do it later? Um, getting rid of that yeah. attitude completely. And for me, I've been getting up, and this is not this is not a humble brag, but I've literally been getting up at 4 in the morning. I've been going to the gym from 5 to 6, and this has been my routine for the last two weeks. Wake up at 4, um, have a little breakfast at 4.30, go to the gym from 5 to 6, study from 6 to 7, go to work at 8. Damn, you a Mark Wahlberg fan? I I don't know. I guess so. Did you yeah. see his workout routine he put <laughs> up a while two ago? In the morning? Yeah, <laughs> he gets up at two, three thirty, dude. I'm not that crazy. Yeah, but hey, when it I works saw, for him. What I like though is, I think it's just realizing that there's not really any special genetics. There's not a special gift. It really is about if you have a goal, how much are you willing to do? How much are you willing to sacrifice? Like, I don't have as much fun as I used to. I don't have a lot of free time. I'm not spending as much time like doing what I like, but it's also a necessity to get to where I want to go. Right. So it's, it's, it's all about, I think, hard work. Yeah. Uh, hard work at the end of the day is what makes it. I mean, obviously there's been stories of people just kind of, obviously a lot of celebrities, there's a lot of people you say, Oh, well, they, they were handed this or they had the starter pack. Like, I mean, a lot of people critique Kylie Jenner for being a billionaire. Like, Oh, she made her money off of, Keeping up with the Kardashians, like she has a famous family, that's how she got the money. Yeah, she would have had a, a, an income that she could maintain by okay. really just being a TV star. But she took that money that she made and made an Build empire with it, and you can't deny that. And look that. at Rob. Like, if you really yeah. want to make that argument, but look at Rob Kardashian. Like, he's nowhere near any of his. No, it, or look at Court or Courtney. She's not. She's not really in that. Yeah, sort she's of, more so, and no disrespect to her no. either. She's more so just taking the money that she's getting yeah, from this and, and living with it. Exactly. It's it's all about, there is a sort of drive that certain people have to to reach what, what heights they want to achieve. And I think, I think another example would be like you, like you wanted to, you wanted to pursue music. You're, you're improving in music as you go on, go on. Yeah. You put in hours and hours and hours of recording. It's not, it's there's no secret. It's it's, yeah, it's all just practice. The, the hard work. I mean, yeah. another example would be Kanye. He's got the line: "Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers." Yeah, that's a different word, like three summers. Yeah, I mean, the dude put in the work to get to where he is. Right, and it's not like it's. I'm not saying that every goal you set for yourself you will achieve because that's not realistic. 
Um, there are always setbacks. There are letdowns. I've failed a shitload of times, guys. It's not, and I'm not saying I'm successful now, but I'm saying I'm on a better track towards what my goal is now because I have a different mindset. To yeah, and, I mean, and successful is relative. Like, yeah, you're right. I pull up my bank account like the other night. I was so happy. Like I've, I've at a point I've never saved up enough, enough as much money as I have now. Right. And like I'm thinking to myself, like damn, like I've in, obviously coronavirus has kind of helped me because I haven't been able to go out and spend money. Like it's limited my You're ability spent. or opportunity to spend money. Right. But through that, I've kind of been more frugal in, in spending. Uh, but it's all relative. Like I could show that to somebody else, and be like, "Ah, dude, that's that ain't nothing. Yeah. Like, that's not." But it's successful. It's all relative. Like you have, we've talked about making small, attainable goals, achieving them, and that you just keep building upon your own success. Yeah. Like I watched the. I'm I'm still in the middle. I think I'm in the fourth episode or fifth episode of the Last Dance, mm-hmm. the the Jordan documentary, and he, there's a a part where he's talking to Roy Williams. Um, Roy Williams was the coach at. He still is the coach at UNC. He was the assistant coach behind Dean Smith at UNC when he was playing there. And he told Coach Williams, like, I want to be why, – why can't I be as good as these guys? I'm putting in just as much of the work as they are. And he goes, to be better than them, you can't put in as you much work. More. You have to put in more work Much than them. more work. And, and that's the thing. That's, what, that's another thing David Goggins talks about. Like, when I took the GRE the first time, I did not study for it. I scored under 300, which – for those of you who don't know, it's it's on a one seventy. Yeah, he scale said GRE, from, not JRE. No, GRE. Yeah. Um, you it's scored on a on a one seventy is the highest score you can get. It's between math and um and reading essentially, and I scored under three hundred, which is not a good score. So all my life, I've pretty much been able to go through school without studying, get A's and B's, and coast off that. So what I had to realize is, oh shit! In order for me to really get to a doctorate and get into a doctorate program or a master's program, I have to put in an obscene amount of work that yeah. I never put before to get to where I am because I'm not as smart as I thought I was. And that's the thing, being real with yourself. If you want, if like for me, I want to lose, I want to lose 70 pounds. I, my goal is 230. My ultimate goal is 190. In order to lose 70 pounds, I'm burning 1,400 calories a day. Yeah. And I'm at, and I'm at 275 right now. So within... And it's it's been an obscene amount of work. And somebody messaged me and goes, "Oh man, I wish I was two seventy five. I said, "Okay, if you really want to get down to that weight," and he told me what he was at now. If you want to get down to that weight, these are sort of steps that I took to get there. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that sounds cool." And it's like, "Yeah, it does. It's it sounds cool. That means you're not gonna do it." Yeah. What he meant was it sounds hard. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. it's not fucking easy. I I don't eat meat anymore, guys. I don't eat dairy. It's 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 just it's a significant lifestyle change and it takes a lot of sacrifice. That's anything you want to do is sacrifice. Yeah, and again, sacrifice is is relative as well. Yeah, exactly. Like some people be like, oh, dude, you're just getting up earlier. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's all in what you're doing every day and the goals that you attain and and set out to achieve every day. And Jake will tell you, I lived like a rager college kid before, like before this. I was not at all disciplined. There was no discipline. Well, a little bit, but not 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 to this level. Yeah, you know. So make small changes to get to your ultimate goal. I yeah. think that's stuff the you're not gonna. I mean, like another cliche: Rome wasn't built in a day. Exactly. I'm, I'm not right. very literary inclined, but I do know a few. I like your job. I like. Your yeah, job. I don't know who Dan Coggins is. David Goggins. David Cog- Goggins. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Oh. <laughs> so I mean, I to he to, did to a plug JRE something. Ironic. 
to plug something that I, I've been reading and listening along because at work, obviously, I can't read a book, but right. I can listen to audiobooks. Tom Hanks, it, and it's hard to listen to audiobooks like an actual novel because when you start and stop, you're just all over the place. But Tom Hanks did a book. Let me see if I can find it, and I'll. You I'll have the think. Hoopla app. I've, I was using audio or audible, um, and then I ended up getting it through the books app on Apple. Cause it's just a little bit better of a, uh, platform for me. Very mm-hmm. similar. I mean, it's very similar to music and that podcast app, right. but the book is called uncommon types or uncommon types, some stories. And it's just some short stories that Tom Hanks has written, but the audio book is narrated by him. And that's why I went, spent the extra $4 and got the audio book because Tom Hanks is obviously very great actor yeah. and his narration of his own stories are incredible but i think i've listened to my, I've, I've made it two stories in and there's 15 of them and they're they're really good that's awesome but yeah, yeah. I, I went that i went back and i've i reread the sun also rises because in school like i i i've mentioned this on the podcast i didn't really give a shit about a school fucking nerd dude me and me and cochran our our english teacher we were the only two talking about the book in the class at one point and he said and I remember him basically embarrassing the entire class, going, "Nobody else reads this book except for Hakeem." Yeah, and it's because I I relish in Ernest I, Hemingway's just brooding. I I had him too, and he yeah, he was one that if he felt the way he was gonna tell yeah. you. Uh, but I reread that because I felt like I had done myself an injustice by not really reading it in school. I mean, I re- like skimmed it and spark notes to make make the the test and the quizzes. Uh, but yeah, as as a kid in school, like. I was smart enough to kind of like you said, get A's and B's. Mine was like B's and C's without yeah. studying and no disrespect to my parents, but that was good enough for my parents. So that was good enough for me. I mean, I wasn't really pushed to, to do better than I was already doing. So I just skated by on the ability that I could, could do. And now as, as an adult, like I look back and like, okay, maybe that book was something that I should have read. So I'm going back and doing some stuff like that. But yeah. Um, you should read for whom the bell tolls next. Okay. I think they're kind of similar. Did J. Cole write that? <laughs> I see it. it. I see it. Ray falling down. Go ahead. Yeah. No, we don't talk about that album. <laughs> I want to fall close for you. <laughs> Never thought I'd be drinking almond milk. Damn. <laughs> Any anything else for him? No. Um, this was a bit of a longer episode, so I appreciate it if you guys are still sticking with us right now. And um, I'm very pleased with the quality of work that's been coming out this year. Um, shout out. What? Big Crit put out a new album. Okay. Oh, God. It's called Crit Was Here, guys. It's interesting. There's a currency in Wiz Khalifa track. There's a lot of currency on here. It's 18 tracks over an hour. That's definitely well, something we got to buy. Let's see. I will, I will, oh, wait. Me... that's a, Isn't that a re-release of his old album? I thought Crit Was Here. He's put that out before. I don't know. Huh. Maybe the that last, just maybe that just came out on um, maybe that just came out on iTunes. I the last one of his that I really enjoyed was that double double album that he put out. Right yeah, now. that and what was the one before it? Uh, Catalactica. Yeah, this yeah. was released. Uh, Crit was here was his mixtape in tw- 2010. So it just came out on uh, on Apple Music. So definitely check that out. And also, guys, for the outro track today, Jake, we have something quite special for you. all Yeah, we already mentioned it once. Five years old. Beauty Behind the Madness, The weekend. Uh, this is The Hills. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at HLHPO. Till Thank next you. time, stay tuned. Anything else? Stay tuned. Tuned.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Don't forget to share us with your family and friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HLHPO. Once again, that's HLHPO. Thanks for the support, and until next time, see y'all.